Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Turn in our Bibles to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. I want to share a verse I've been giving us to begin our series on the power to be. But I have a really clear direction this week. God just said, hey, in this moment, teach this with the Holy Spirit. So today, I want you to get this because I believe we're facing not only a pandemic of COVID-19, I believe Satan is doing everything he can to release a pandemic of the spirit of fear across this nation. So today, how many are ready to join me in faith and listening and say, Pastor, we're going to break the spirit of fear in Jesus' name. Amen? We don't have to live under that. So uh, I'm, I'm sharing with you today how we confront the spirit of fear through the power of the Holy Spirit. How do we confront the spirit of fear through the power of the Holy Spirit? I want to read Acts 1-8 because that's just the foundation scripture for this series. And we're going to quickly move in and apply that to confronting the spirit of fear. Acts 1-8, we read this. But you will receive what? What do we receive? Let me hear your power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then watch this sentence. And, or the rest of this... And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's the city they were in. That's where you live. Judea, the state, Samaria, cross-cultural communication. We're witnesses to everybody everywhere, not just people like us. Amen? Okay. And to the ends of the earth. No one left out. Three words that we, we focused on in that, in that uh, one verse. Three words. Power. The, the power of the Holy Spirit. The Greek word dunamis. We'll look at that in a moment. We've looked at the word my. Jesus said we, you, we will be his witnesses. My witness. What is our witness to look like? What are we to look like? Who, how do we witness as believers? People see Jesus in us. We live out his nature. We continue to do his deeds. So we're witnesses of Christ. And then the word be. Such an important word. He said you will be. Not you will earn or you will somehow qualify, but you'll be. The power of the Holy Spirit is a gift God puts in our life. Can you say amen to that? It's a gift, and that gift enables us to be who he wants us to be. Now, that's, we, that's really the foundation verse for the whole launch of the church. But let's specifically apply that to this spirit of fear. Maybe you're going to understand some things today that you, you didn't realize what was happening in your life. Maybe some of the things you're hearing, you're going to begin to recognize, oh, that's where that's from. We're going to begin to understand how to release this anointing and this word to break the spirit of fear. So let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy 1, very important, very important uh, letter, epistle in the New Testament. 2 Timothy 1, verses 6 and 7. I want to read this, particularly verse 7, from three different translations, just to make sure we understand uh, the meaning of the verse, all right? So let's look at this first one. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 6, we read this. For this reason, okay, he's, he did, now Timothy was Paul's protege. He was a young pastor. Paul had been pouring into this young minister, training him, teaching him, all right? So he's written to him twice now. He says, for this reason, I remind you, fan into flame, what? The gift of God, where is it? Which is in you, through the laying on of my hands. So Paul's calling attention. He says, Timothy, the answer to the crisis you're facing. I'm going to define that crisis in a moment. It's very parallel to where we are. Okay, 
says, Timothy, I want you to fan into flame the gift of the Holy Spirit. But now look at verse 7. For the, okay, verse 7 is fine. For the Spirit God gave us, the Spirit God gave us, all right, this Spirit in us, the power of the Holy Spirit, does not make us timid. That's a very uh, honestly watered-down word for the Greek in this text. I'll, I'll give you another uh, inflection of that. The Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us what? Look at these things. Power, love, and self-discipline. Or a disciplined mind. I want you to see verse 7 in the Amplified Translation. Let's look at this. For the, so the, look at these words now. This is pretty, uh, very graphic. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, which is translated out of the original word. Look at this. Cowardice, craven, and cringing or fawning fear. Now that's pretty, that, 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 gets your, that goes a lot farther than timid. Don't be timid. Oh, no, no. He's talking about fear. Fear. Fear that makes you run. Fear that destroys your life. God doesn't give that. What does he give us? He's given us a spirit of what? Power, love, and calm and well-balanced mind. How many of you thank God for that? God's given you a calm and well-balanced mind and disciplined and self-control. Then the Passion Translation, we can read it. Verse 7 says, for God will never give you the spirit of fear. So if fear does not come from God, where does it come from? Where does it come from? comes from Satan, comes from hell. So, for God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit is who he gives us, gives us mighty power, mighty power, love, and self-control in the way you think and in your mind. So, so let, let's look at this. I, it's very important that we understand uh, what's going on around us. You know, there are two things you have to know if you're going to defeat your enemy. Number one, you need to recognize there is an enemy, right? If I don't recognize there's an enemy, then he's just beating me up all the time, and I don't know why. If we're going to win the battle, we have to know two things about our adversary. One, do we recognize they're there? Number two, do we know how to confront them? Without those two things, you're never going to win a battle. In the spirit of fear, if we do not recognize it and then know how to respond to it, we will be continually under, under its uh, effect on our life. So, so we need to realize that. Let's look at this term spirit. What does that mean? The spirit of something. Let me help you with that. The spirit of something. Spirit means the personality or character of a thing. The personality or character of a thing. How it operates. What kind of authority or power does it have? How does it influence me? That's a spirit. When, you're, when we're moving through life and we're trying to determine why do I feel this way? Why is this happening? What's going on? What is, what, what is spirit? Spirit is the personality or character of a thing. It is how it operates, its level of authority and power, and how is it influencing me? Specifically, what is the spirit of fear? Let's, let's see what this is so we know how to beat it in Jesus' name. Amen? What is the spirit of fear? A spirit of fear will bring torment in your life. It will paralyze you or make you run away in fear. When the spirit of fear begins to operate in a person's life, they are either locked down and paralyzed or they're running away in panic. We're hiding. The spirit of fear keeps you from fulfilling God's purpose in your life. Why? Because we begin to grow weak under its influence. It begins to be incrementally influenced, 
influencing us. So we get weaker. How, how, what does that look like? You're not long. You're no willing to. You're no longer willing to fight against it. You're no longer willing to stand against it. Something that ordinarily you would not put up with. You just become tired and say it's just the way it is. See, spirit of fear creates that. It, 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 we lose our fight. The spirit of fear will keep you tied to the past. Okay, You're tied to the past. Instead of moving forward, you, you look around and you become stagnant in every part of your life. Listen to this. It creates hopelessness. You begin to talk like this. Nothing good ever happens to me. Nothing good ever happens to mine. Are you with me? It becomes very self-focused. We get our eyes off God. Now stay with me. I'm, I'm helping us recognize this. We've got some powerful answers to this, all right? But I want you to see that. See how it operates. Even got an amen from heaven with that thunder. So you, you, we, we got to see how this operates and recognize it. Can I tell you something I think is, I've, I've always thought about this as I've read this in the book of Job. How many have read Job? It's pretty kind of tough reading in it, to be honest. And, when, and, my, and you know, I read through the Bible, and when I get to Job, I'm kind of like, all right, I can do this, you know, because i got to read through all those, you know, his, his advisors and all that stuff. There's something very insightful in the beginning of this, beginning and the end particularly. But Job says this. Think about the spirit of fear, these things I just went through. In your life, you're thinking where you are right now. And Job said this. He said, that which I had feared has come upon me. Wow. The thing you fear did you get that? What we allow to run around in our mind all day long, the thing that makes me stagnant, the thing that I've given access that I entertain in my thought life, Job said, what I feared came upon me. My goodness. You see the impact of the spirit of fear and, and what Satan would like to do with it. So, so what do we need to do? Let me help you with this. Uh, I, this is going to help us. Let's begin to recognize some things. Fear is a lying enemy. Fear is a lie. How many heard what I just said? See, it's like uh, usually you fear the unknown. <laughs> the thing you fear the most is what you don't know. And you can build it up in your mind. Why are kids afraid of the dark? Because they don't know what's in the dark. But the longer you lay in the bed at night afraid in the dark, the more you create in your mind. Come on, tell the truth. You know, you're laying there. It, you know, it just grows. Fear is a lying enemy. Now think of this. I heard this from uh, a few years ago in a message from Bill Johnson. Listen to this. The devil is not a creator, therefore he's a liar. God can create what we need. The devil can't create. All the devil can do is lie about the truth. How I many heard what I said? Our God's a creator, so all Satan can do is lie. What do you mean, Pastor? He distorts the truth of God. He's a liar. How does that work? He lies so that it appears the problem we are facing are greater than the solutions that we carry. Did you hear what I just said? He lies to convince you that the problem in front of you is greater than the God inside of you. Come on, somebody say amen to that. He wants you to forget that the mighty power of God is residing inside of you. So he lies and says, you're not enough. You're never going to win. You're never going to get through this. You're going to lose your job. You're going to get the virus. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Your kids aren't going to be saved. And you forget because of the lies and the spirit of fear that the God who created the universe, the God who spoke it into existence, is residing in you through the Holy Spirit. Can somebody say amen to that? 
He wants to lie because he can't create. So he refocuses our attention. You know, you can say it like this. Satan always reminds us of what we are lacking. And the word of God always reminds us of what we have. Because who you've been listening to? Come on, who are you listening to? Satan always reminds us of what we're lacking. The Word of God reminds us of what we have. Are we lacking? Of course we are. Well, there are things that, that we don't have. There are things we can't do. We are lacking. We are human. We are limited. But when you get into the Word of God, we serve an unlimited God. And where I'm small, he's great. Come on, somebody say amen. Where I'm missing, he has it. Satan's a liar. The spirit of fear is, is, has been launched out of hell to rob the church at this strategic moment of what God put us on this earth to do. So let's look at 2 Timothy 1.7 again. Let, let's look at this. What do we read here in 2 Timothy 1.7? I want you to get this. God did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity, okay? So what did he give us? He gave us a spirit of power. Remember that word power we read to begin today in Acts 1.8? The power of the Holy Spirit comes on you? I have some good news for you. That's the same word right here. Power. Same word. Jesus said to them, he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you in power. Listen, I want you to get this. The Greek word is dunamis. If you don't know how to spell that, that's okay. But I want you to get the meaning. Listen to the meaning. This Holy Spirit power, listen to the meaning. It's, it is inerrant power. Power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. Let me say that again. Power residing in you by virtue of your nature. What does that mean? That means the power, the life, the Spirit of God is living in us. Listen to me. And we now have the nature of Christ in us. We used to have that old sinful nature. As long as we're in the flesh, he's still around. But now we also have the nature of God living inside of us. Now, what does that mean in regard to the spirit of fear? Listen, what I want you to understand is the nature of God is living in us. I, I want you to hear me today. Your nature as a believer, God did not give you a spirit of fear. Are you with me? Your nature, who you are, your inherent nature is courage and boldness. Did you get that? Your nature is courage and strength. I want you to know because you're in Christ, because Christ is in you, you are capable for this moment and you are strong enough for this moment. You are strong and courageous. I want you to say that. I am strong and courageous. Say it. Say it at home. I didn't hear you. Say it. Everybody say it. I am strong and courageous. Why? Because Christ lives in me. We have to remember who we are and not entertain the lies of Satan. But listen, remember what I've taught you about this word power that makes you strong and courageous. That's who you are by nature. So you don't have to drum that up. Listen to me. You don't have to try to earn that. God gave that to you. But it is an action word. It is an action word. What does that mean? This power is only released and realized when you put it in motion, when you act on it. Let me illustrate that. Fear, what did I tell you earlier, will, will cause you to do what? It will cause you to run away from the enemy. Fear will run you away from the enemy. We will never activate or release the power of God in us by running from the enemy. You got that? How do I release the power in me? I've got to run at the enemy in my life. When you run to your enemy, you release the power of God inside of you. 
when you stand and confront that fear, as you move toward it, power is coming out of you. Strength is rising up in you. We're not empowered to run from the enemy. Everybody with me? Somebody needs to get up and run with me right now. That's okay. But we are empowered to run to the enemy. As you run to your fear, as you stand against it, what happens? The power of God begins to be released in your life. Do you know why there are Christians wrapped up and caught up in the spirit of fear? They've never confronted it. Do you know why the enemy has told you you don't have the power to be strong now? Because you've never confronted your fear. But when you stop and say, enough is enough in this house. Anybody with me? Enough is enough in my life. I'm tired of being restless at night. I'm tired of being afraid to go to work. I'm tired of being afraid over my children. I'm tired of being afraid to live. I confront that fear in the name of Jesus and when you do the power of God begins to rise up in your life and God begins to break that off of your life. Running to it's the spirit to be. Now let let me quickly take you to this. Look at this verse. What happens? He said he did not give us the spirit of fear and the solution to that is what? The power of the Holy Spirit living in our life. And look, he's given you the spirit of power and of love. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road. Okay? Everybody with me? We want to hear all of this? All right. Thank you. For those three, I'm going to keep going. Just playing. I want you to get this. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power. And when that power begins to operate in your life, and the spirit of fear begins to be broken off your life, listen to me closely, we begin to live in the love of God. Say, well, come on, Pastor, what does that mean? Well, we're free to love ourselves. We're free to love the people around us. I want you to hear me today. We are in a crisis of relationship in this nation because we are living under a spirit of fear. We keep fighting personalities when the problem are the principalities behind it. And if you and I keep fighting each other and rallying behind personalities and looking at life on this level, Satan loves it every day because he's not afraid of people. He's a principality. But when somebody begins to confront the principality, Satan, the spirit of fear with the power of God, then the control falls off your life. And when we begin to be empowered by God, we're we're given love, the love of God, the spirit of love. So what happens? I can love myself. Do you know why we're so uh, angry and upset and, and, and hard to get along with the people around us? Because we're not at peace with ourselves. Because we don't love ourselves. Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Until you begin to say, not in an arrogant, prideful, uh, uh, selfish way, but an understanding, thank you, Jesus. You've forgiven me of my sins. Come on, somebody say amen for that. You've healed me of my broken places. You've delivered me from what bound me. I can be okay with me now. I can love me now. I can, I can say, God, I am who I am by the grace of God. Anybody with me right now? I'm not depressed. I'm not defeated. I'm not masochistic. I'm not just I'm beating myself up. I'm saying, hey, you know what? It's not about me. It's about what he did in my life. It's not about how great I am. It's about how great he is. Yeah, I blew it 13 ways, but I'm forgiven, and I'm healed, and I'm delivered, and I'm loved by God, and there's a future ahead of me. He's got plans for me. You have to love yourself, value yourself before you can love somebody else in this life. So the Spirit of God begins to bring love out of us. We begin to walk in love. So, oh, I, when you talk about power, I, I, I want to talk about, you know, miracles and signs and wonders. Boy, we need that. But I'm going to tell you what we really need right now in American church is a dose of the love of God. 
We need to love like Jesus loved us. How many hear what I'm saying? Love like Jesus loved us. Look at 1 John 4, 18. I want to refer to that quickly. 1 John 4, 18, look at this. There is no fear in love. Wow. You will see that why in this verse he says, I'm going to give you a spirit of power and love. There's no fear in love. There's no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. But the one who fears is not made perfect in love. When we begin to move in the love of God, it changes everything around us. Let me help you. This, this is what it does. When you begin to love like Jesus loved you, now how did he love us? Let's make sure we understand it. Did we earn his love? Did we earn it? No. Jesus paid for it on the cross. Do we deserve it? No. He loved us, the Bible says, while we were yet in sin. The mercy of God. Hey, let me ask you this question. You ever made a mistake since you've been a Christian? <laughs> Ever needed to go back to the altar once you've been saved? You ever, had a, you ever had one of those incidents like Peter? Jesus, if all the rest of these guys deny you, not me, Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm your man of faith and power. I'm never going to deny you, Jesus. And three hours later, three times he denied him, right? Anybody ever had any of those moments in their life? Okay. So how does Jesus love us? Man, it's amazing, isn't it? Long-suffering, patient, kind. You don't earn it. And the Bible says, I want you to stay with me, that's how we love each other. That's what begins to happen here. So, so here, here's how this works. If I'm loving you the way Christ loves me, then I'm not loving you just to get you to do something back to me. There's no expectation on my kindness to you. I did it because I love you, period. Now, most of us don't know love except it has conditions. I love you if. I love you when. I love you because. I'll love you if you. But this kind of love doesn't expect anything back. It just loves. Wow. Wow. The next thing this kind of love does is it, it, it doesn't hold grudges from the past. You ever known somebody say, well, you know what? I, I was really kind to them, and I loved them, and I was good to them, and they didn't do anything for me. Not Jesus' love. It's quiet in the house. Now, I bet it's quiet at home right now, right? <laughs> you know? I, what do you mean, Pastor? Just that. You love because you've been loved. You forgive because you've been forgiven. The power of God has freed you from the spirit of fear, and you're not fearful and intimidated and bound up. You've been healed and forgiven and delivered. And I just love you because God told me to love you. I just love you because he loved me. So I love you. I'm not expecting you to do something. I don't care if you didn't return what I did in the past. I'm still going to love. And watch this. I'm, I'm not going to treat you bad because somebody else treated me bad. I'm going to love you because it's the thing to do. I'm not going to look at you and say, I can't love you because he didn't love me. I can't love you because they didn't love me. I'm going to take the love of God and I'm going to love you. I'm going to be free. The power of the Holy Spirit's freeing me. I'm not living under fear. I'm not living under bondage. I'm going to love like Jesus loved. I think, no, I shouldn't say I think. I know it was Jesus. Are you ready for this? Come on. Hey, hey, listen, let me just be straight with you. Either we're Christians or we're not. Either we're going to live the life or just talk the talk. How many with me today? Come on, we need to get to it. I said, this isn't normal. This isn't normal, mamby-pamby, little Sunday-only Christian. Not going to cut it right now. We need some people who live like Jesus, and we're going to make it in this thing. Jesus said, you ready if you talk about love? Jesus said, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. My God in heaven. Why did he have to say that? Is that love? That's love. Bless those who curse you. Man, can I tell you something? There's another pandemic working in the United States. 
not only COVID-19, not only the spirit of fear, we got the spirit of offense working in this nation. Like, I've never seen it in my life. We have more offended people than people. I mean, my God, it's, it's, it's amazing. But the Bible says, you curse me, I bless you in Jesus' name. Wow. You, you, despitefully, you despitefully use me, and I just pray over you in the name of Jesus. Can I tell you, that's strength. That's not weakness, my friend. That's strength. That's Christ-like freedom. And isn't that free? So I'm not walking around. Who's going to be nice to me today? Who's going to return my love today? Who, who, who's, who's going to be good to me? Hey, I'm free. Come on, aren't we? I'm healed. I'm delivered. I don't have, have a spirit of fear. The power of God's in me, and I'm going to love. Well, they didn't love me back. Well, it's okay. I love them. They didn't do that back. It doesn't mean you're a little wallflower. It doesn't mean you're a little uh, doormat, and you're trampled on and kicked down and trodden. I'm just saying it is the man or woman of strength who's able to take the power of God and love like Jesus loved. Last thing he said. Look, he said, so you get love. How do we want to defeat the spirit of fear? You want that off of you? You want it broken? Okay, I'm, I'm giving you the, the information. Some of this is strong medicine, but it's good medicine. He said, spirit of power, love. Let's look at this just for a moment before we conclude. A sound mind. A sound mind. Look at Romans 12, 2, and leave this up on the screen. Well, this, this verse is days of preaching. But look at some truth. Let me hit a couple of highlights. It says, do not conform... Look at these words, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test, approve what God's will is, good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The work of the Holy Spirit that defeats the spirit of fear is that our mind gets in order. Our mind is set right. Our thinking gets healed. How many are with me right now? Listen, you can come to church and act like everything's okay. You understand? I mean, we're just coming for an hour or so. Hey, good morning. Hey, God bless you. Good to see you. Hey, brother. You know, in church, you don't have to remember people's name. You just say brother or sister and get by with it. You know, hey, brother. Hey, sister. God bless you. Good to see you, man. Have a good day. You, you, you walk in, had the worst week of your life. How you doing? Doing good. Really? It's not what your neighbors told me, but anyway, you know, you, you know, we, we, you know, we can fake it till we make it. You understand? But if my thinking's different, if the way I look at you's changed, if the way I look at me has changed, the way I look at God has changed. See, so watch this real quickly. First thing he says, don't conform to the pattern of this world. The word conform talks about outside pressure, what's coming at you from the outside. So he says here with this spirit of fear raging and ripping through our culture, there is a pressure to conform to a current pattern. There is a pattern of thinking in our culture today that is being pushed upon us all the time. A pattern. What does that pattern mean? Just like you make a pattern to... to, to make clothes or, or, or to construct something in an engineering context. There's a pattern. So he says, or listen to me, guys. The spirit of fear is an exterior pressure to someone else's pattern. It is a pressure to live in someone else's form. You could say it this way. This spirit of fear tries to conform you to someone else's offenses. I take up their offense. 
because I'm pressing this pattern. Well, if that's how they think, I guess I'm supposed to think that way. If they're going to act that way, well, I'm going to act this way. So there's a pressure to conform to an ungodly pattern. So what's the solution to the outside pressure? He says, don't do that, but instead, what, are we, what does the verse say? Be transformed. Now, this is a word that doesn't even talk about the outside. The word transform means a change from the inside out. Remember 1 John 4, 4, greater is the he that is in you than he that is in the world. See, I can't change the pressure of the outside. Stop worrying about that. COVID-19 is doing its thing. <laughs> People are doing their thing. Culture is culture. I can't change that. Listen to me. And I'm not supposed to hide from this world. I'm supposed to be the light of this world. And so I can't change the outside. But I can allow the Holy Spirit to do something on the inside of me that is so real and relevant and strong that the pressure from the outside does not buckle me on the inside. That what I'm encountering is not as strong as who I am becoming on the inside by the power of God. So my focus is not here. I don't have to wait till everybody around me gets right before my life gets right. I don't have to let you change before I change. I don't have to have perfect before I serve God because I'm being transformed daily by His power. Do you see that? And, and He says it's connected to your mind. To your mind. I begin to be changed by God. I'm renewed. There is a discipline to my mind. Uh, look at Philippians 4, 8 very quickly. I'm wrapping this up right now. There's a discipline to my mind. What set me free, I have to keep walking in. How many heard what I said? I have to begin to monitor what I think, what I read, how I talk. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. I have to make a choice. I will stop entertaining thoughts that break down the presence of God in my life. I will stop feeding myself negative things that rob the peace of God in my life. I will stop listening to you if it makes me stop loving other people. I will stop being influenced by patterns of this world. I will be transformed and I will maintain that by how I feed myself. What I focus on, what I hear, what I love, what I'm a part of. Listen, you, you don't have to go to everybody around you and tell them, you can't say that in front of me. Don't talk like that in front of me. Maybe you just need to close your mouth and walk out of that conversation. Maybe you need to learn to turn the television off. Listen, let me, let me just say this. I, happy, sad, it doesn't really bother me. <laughs> you know, uh, if I spend as much time as some people I know do on Facebook, I couldn't stand up and preach today. The craziest insanity in your life. Do you know if you've got a cell phone and a 30 IQ, you can post something on Facebook? Does that make it right? Does that make it good? Does that? Yeah, so here we are. Oh, my God, my God. And, and then we don't share the word. We share the bad news. And then, and then we text somebody, did you read this? And, and, and you're a Christian. And then you share it with them. We don't share our faith. We sure share Facebook junk anymore. Come on, don't shout me down. So, like I said, I'm going to say it anyway. I didn't ask for a vote. You need to hear it. And so, uh, so what I'm saying is, here it is. 
And it's there and it's there and it's everywhere. And like I said, I can't change culture, but I can decide if I'm going to listen to it or not. I can't change everybody around me, but I can change what I read, what I listen to, what shapes my life. I'm going to end with this. Worship team, come on up. Listen to me. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. I won't turn. You read it, please. says this. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. For the weapons of our battle, of our warfare, are not carnal or weak or human. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds like the spirit of fear. Then he says, we take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. Church family, I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to me on site online. We, I gotta tell, I've got to say it, someone has to say it. We need to do some demolition of the strongholds in our mind. You need a demo day at your house. You need to go into your thinking, to your talking, to your walking, to your living, and say, God, I repent. Did you hear that word? I repent of the words I've been speaking. I repent of the thoughts I've been entertaining. I repent of the attitude I've been promoting. I repent. God, I am wrong. I own my stuff. I'm sorry. Anybody listening to me right now? I want to tell you something. You can't leave hate in your heart and add a little love on top of it and make it work. You've got to tear some things down to build some things up in the kingdom of God. You know what some people are trying to do? It's like, it's like a bad dad babysitting. <laughs> the kid's got a dirty diaper and you don't want to change it. So you just got another one and put it on top of that one hoping something would work. Sooner or later, something's going to smell. <laughs> we have some stinking thinking in the body of Christ right now. Because we got some things that need to be out of us and we give try to put something on top of it. I don't like you, but I'm going to pretend to love you. I've got bad thoughts, but I'm going to try to just put good thoughts with them. I've got hate in my heart. I'm going to try to add a little love. I've got some lust in my life. I'm going to try to add a little purity. We've got to tear some things down before God can build some things up. That's how it's going to come. It's not normal. It's not normal. We're in a pandemic of the spirit of fear. And Satan will grip your life, wreck your future, limit your calling, lose the anointing. But our God, our God didn't give that spirit of fear. Come on, who's your God? He gave us power, dunamis, boiling in you. That's what's turning over in you right now. Ready just to say, come on, run at that devil one time. Come on, like David. He didn't run from the lion. He ran at the lion. He didn't run from the bear. He ran to the bear. He didn't run from Goliath. He ran at Goliath. Don't you know that the anointing to kill a giant never came out of him till he ran to the giant? Don't you realize if he would have turned and walked away, the spirit of fear would have robbed him of being a king, robbed him of being a psalmist, robbed him of changing the world. But he said, I refuse to run anymore. Everybody ran but one man. I'm looking at you today asking, who in your family is going to confront the spirit of fear? Who in the church is going to confront the spirit of fear? Who is going to say, I have had enough of this? In you today, you're a giant killer, a lion killer. You're a bear killer. You're a mighty woman and man of God. I want you to stand up with me today. Come on, let's stand. Let's stand. We're going to have to confront some things to loose the power of God. I know it would be easier for me to stand up here today and say, hey, it's okay. Have a little kumbaya moment. Say, you're afraid and I'm afraid. <laughs> We're just all afraid. 
Let's be the church of afraid. You think so? Let's be the afraid church. I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. I can't do it. I know too much of that word. I read this week, whether you like it or not, it's okay too. I read this week, I was reading Jesse Duplantis. He said, I love this. He said, I've tested positive for faith. Tell somebody right now, I've tested positive for faith. Come on. That was weak. Get up off the couch right now. Stand up at home. Come on. Come on. Look at me right now. Put that coffee down. Stand up. Listen to me. You ready? I want you to say it. I've tested positive for faith. I've tested positive for faith. I'm going to be done with this. What do you think David was saying while he was running to that giant? What was he saying? My God, he's 10 feet tall. All I got is a rock. This is going to end bad. Whatever. What was I thinking when I got out? You think that? No, it's in the Bible so you know. He said, you know what? You challenged the great God of Israel. I'm representing the God. I'm going to feed you to the birds today. I'm going to cut your head. You need to look at your fear and say, enough is enough is enough is enough. My family's going to be saved. My body's going to be healed. My nation's going to have revival. The church is going to be alive and well. The devil's going to lose this moment. Anybody with me? (laughs) Praise is the language of faith. I love praise and worship. It's what people of faith do. Now listen, this isn't a Sunday thing. It's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday thing. I want to go back to the first song we sang today. And, 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 uh, I I want you to get this. I want you to get this. We're going to do something you're going to have to do every day. The next time the spirit of fear comes upon you, you you, you got a couple of things. You can run from it, or you can get the word, and let's get some worship, and look that thing straight in the face, and say, not today, devil, not today. No more ground in my life. And you begin to read the word, and then you begin to praise God. The Bible says, look at this, God inhabits the praise of his people. Every time you praise, God shows up and the devil scatters. Every time you praise, regardless of your feeling. Listen, at work, you may not be able to do what we're about to do here. You can whisper, can't you? You can, this is the day. You don't have to put your hands up. Just be doing your thing, man. Just be praising. God, I thank you. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. But come on, right now, come on, we don't have any limits. And I'm going to tell you something. Well, no, forget. They're not going to take praise out of this church. I'm going to tell you that. They're not going to take praise out of this church. Not while I'm the pastor. You're not going to take praise out of this church. You're not going to dictate what we do inside this place. It's not going to happen. And we're going to say today, you're going to see this. It's going to be this. Come on. Let's go. Let's sing this. Come on. Let's have a Holy Ghost party. Hadn't the devil been at your house long enough? Had fear been around long enough? Well, come on. Let's celebrate. Giants are coming down. Come on. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's beat some stuff today. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.